Well, welcome. My name is Pastor Steven. So great to have you here. Those of you who are checking us out, joining us for our first official launch of our Kihei campus. Let's give God a praise this morning. God's good. <laughs> hey, and each week as we go, we're going to have more and more elements we'll be adding, and it's exciting. Um, it's, but today, it's just like this series. It's simply about Jesus. So we're going to be uh, all about Jesus this morning. And in this series, it's a four-part series, so I want to encourage you to come to each part. It's a very powerful series. It talks about the different ways that God can help us simplify our lives, and, and there can be an awakening in our own hearts spiritually, but it's very simple. It's not complicated. Amen? How many of you guys like simple things? All right, that's good, that's good. Well, before I get started, I just want to thank everybody for coming, especially for first-time uh, people who are here. That's amazing. We're so glad. I'd love to meet you after service, find out how you heard about us, and uh, that would be great. Also, I wanted to acknowledge a great friend of mine, Chris Miyake, in the house, from God's house. He's a pastor there, and we just want to give him a round of applause. Thank you for being here, buddy. Good friend of mine. This is my lovely wife, Amber. And, and I, as you can tell... I did marry up. I did marry up. Uh, that's a fact. Well, this morning we're talking about the simplicity of Jesus. And I want to talk about it in the context of food. Because I love food. How many of you guys just love food in here? <laughs> okay. I love me some food. I love to cook. I love to eat it. I love to go to expensive restaurants and pick out the most delicious item on the menu. And, and, and it turns out most of the time the item I pick, it's the most expensive one on the, on the list. How many of you guys have a habit of doing the, something like you just pick out the most expensive item on accident, but then you don't, you don't you buy something cheaper or you just say, oh, I'm going for it. But have you ever done that before? You just pick the most expensive thing or maybe you go to the store and buy a shirt and it turns out to be the most expensive item on the rack. I, that's me. I have a problem with that. But I love food, and I love to cook, and so I figured what I'd do this morning um, is I would like to cook some food for you. Uh, and today, because I love me some steak, I'm going to cook us a steak, all right? I'm going to cook us a steak. How many of you guys are steak lovers in here? Okay. How many of you guys are vegans? Vegetarians? Okay. I, I tried that for like a day, uh, and then I lost. Um, so when we cook steak, when we cook steak, what do you cook it with? What are the, the essential ingredients when you're cooking with steak? Anybody? Okay, wait, one thing at a time. Go ahead and say it loud. Fire. fire. Okay, fire. Yes, we got fire. We got, the, ooh, it's hot. Yes, it's, it's a George Foreman grill. Um, you said meat. Somebody said meat. Okay, we got meat. Salt. Pepper. Salt. Okay. Well, and pepper. Oh. I got some ground pepper. Because you can't just do the regular store-bought pre-ground stuff. It has no flavor. You have to do it like it's so the, the flavor pops immediately. So we got some ground pepper here. Um, what else do we have to have? Salt. salt. Okay. So we got some Hawaiian sea salt. Yeah. That's how, right? <laughs> okay. So we're going to start cooking this meat. And um, as we do that, now when I, when I cook this meat, I want to add the, not coffee, I want to add some salt, because salt is so important, and it's important that you work the salt in just a little bit. It's going to get messy. When you cook, it's going to get messy, right? 
And then we can do some ground pepper here. It's really simple. Life can be attributed to this meat and the seasoning. Because how many of you ever had steak without any seasoning? And how does it taste? It tastes bleh. It just tastes chewy and, and no flavor. And no flavor. And, and if we're not careful in life, if we don't add flavor to the meat, our lives as well can become flavorless. Sometimes in our marriage, when we don't add salt, we don't add the spices of life, our, our marriage can lose its spice. If we don't have the right ingredient, if we don't have God in our lives, our marriages, our relationships can deteriorate. And sometimes if we don't have the right ingredients, our work can be just drudgery. Because it feels like we have no purpose in our life. We feel like we're just going paycheck to paycheck and we're just showing up for work. But there's really no purpose in our life. So sometimes it feels like that our life and our job and what we're called to do can feel like there's no flavor. And you can go on and on in different areas of our lives, relationships, even our relationship with God. Because he's the spice of life, amen? And if we don't have him in it, then what do we have? And so today I'm going to title, because salt is so important. I mean, you can add pepper and everything else, but this is the main thing right here. Salt is so important. And you know you have it. You don't have any flavor. And so today we're going to call this message Simply Salty. Everybody say, Simply Salty. Simply Salty, right? And the big idea is this. The more that you become like Jesus, the more that you will become the person that God created you to be, all right? The more you come like Jesus, it's not becoming less of you. It's actually becoming more of that person, that authentic masterpiece that he created you to be this morning. And we're going to turn to our words. We're going to open up our words to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. We can do that right now. I'm going to check on the stake. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. And by the way, as I'm flipping this, we have an incredible app. It's called the Awakening app. And on there, you can download messages. You can listen to God's word, actually, to read itself to you. You can give. You can do all kinds of really cool things. I'm going to add some, some salt here. And um, so if you don't have a Bible, you actually have a Bible in your back pocket. Okay? And it's called the Awakening Church. You also can give on there. It's, it's pretty amazing. But we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And by the way, um, we have, not right now this Sunday, but next Sunday, if you come back, as a gift to you, we have custom awakening Bibles that we would like to give to you as a gift. So come back next Sunday, and we're going to give you a custom awakening Bible. And then, so if you don't have one, we want to bless you with that as a gift. And come, and we'll give that to you. So Matthew chapter 5, 5 verse 13, it says this. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. So Jesus is saying to his children, you are the salt of the earth. Now that doesn't make any sense to me because you know what? Salt's really cheap. And when you just eat plain salt, I mean, it's like, oh, like salt? Why are you calling us salt, Jesus? Well, the important part to remember is in Jesus' time, salt was valuable. In fact, it was more valuable than gold. It had so many uh, things that you could do with it. You could preserve food. You could use it to clean things. Um, and it was just rare. It was rare to, to come by. So even soldiers at the time were paid with salt. And that's where we get the term salary. The term salt comes from salary. And that's where we get the term 
You're not worth your salt. If you're not doing your job right, you're not worth your salt. They were paid in salt because it was so valuable. And Jesus is saying about his children, he's saying that we are the salt of the earth. We're valuable. We're precious. We have many uses. And that's what Jesus is saying right here. But then he says, but what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? What does that mean? How can salt lose its flavor? And by the way, uh, James, if you could unplug this grill, because I don't want to burn this. I want it to last through the whole thing. I don't like to burn my steak. How many of you just destroy your steaks when you cook them by yourself? Okay. <laughs> I don't want to ruin a good steak. Somebody's going home with some steak today. Um, here's the thing. Salt. How can it lose its flavor? It's a couple ways. When you mine salt... If it's in the wrong area and the other wrong minerals are mixed in together with it, it becomes bitter. It leaves a bitter taste in your mouth. And so you get the wrong kind of salt and you put it in your food and you're like, this tastes terrible. It's been contaminated. Also, salt, if you, if you add moisture or liquid to it, it can be diluted and then lose its saltiness. And in Hawaii, I love this illustration because it's just how it is, right? Because there's so much moisture in the air right now. If we have our salt shaker and we don't add a little bit of rice, guess what? The rice is getting diluted. It gets clumpy and becomes worthless. We've got to throw it away unless you're really, like, smart and you put the rice back in and you grind it back up again and you, or you just buy a new salt shaker. <laughs> but the reality is that salt can lose its value, It can lose its value for different reasons. Sometimes in life, if we're the salt of the earth, we can get diluted down to where we don't have our potency and our impact on the world. Or we can get contaminated. Some of you have had maybe a bad church experience in the past and it left a bad, bitter taste in your mouth. And I'm here to say that Jesus is bigger than that. He's bigger than those kinds of things. And he can purify salt. He can renew it. He can restore. And he can restore your life. And I'm here to tell you today that there's no perfect church, even the awakening. We're not a perfect church. We got our own issues. You go to the church down the road and they'll have their own issues. But I'm here to tell you today that God wants to do something with your life. He wants to add flavor. He wants to add spice. And I'm here to tell you today, if you give him a chance, if you give awakening church a chance, we will help you find that. God will do that in your life as a result. So now let's continue on. So that's what Jesus said. He said, be careful not to lose its flavor. And my question for you this morning is, could it be this morning, could it be that our lives, whether you're a believer or not, have been diluted down and our lives have lost their flavor, its flavor. Our our, our spiritual walk has lost its flavor. Or maybe you never even had the taste of salt before. And you've been eating steak your whole life. And you haven't tasted the flavor that God can bring to the table and the spice he can bring into your life. And I'm here to tell you this morning, that, that gets, can change this morning. That can change. I'm going to show you how this morning. Now, there's a couple things I want to talk to you about salt. It's simple. The first thing is becoming, I'm sorry, we can lose our saltiness. We can lose our saltiness. And where I get that idea is Jesus was walking, and there was a rich man who came up and said, hey, Jesus, what do I do to follow you? And he said, he said this, hey, sell everything you have and follow me. And the guy was like, oh, cancel. I'm not, I'm not into that. 
So Jesus found the thing that he was unwilling to let go of. And then he went and talked to the crowd about the things that weigh us back. Things that cause us to lose our saltiness. He talks about it in the form of a seed. Where a farmer was casting seed and the seed fell. And immediately uh, a bird came and swooped it up. And, and he analogizes that to uh, Satan coming and stealing the word of God that's been planted in people's heart and stealing it before it has a chance to root down. And then he uses the illustration next of a seed that landed on a rocky area and it sprouted up. It was happy, but it couldn't find any soil and so it died. And then finally it talked about the seed I want to focus on this morning. It talked about the seed that, that was planted in the soil, fertile soil, and it started growing up really fast. But then guess what? Weeds and thorns start growing up around it and start choking it out. And that's what Jesus is talking about when we can lose our saltiness. He said that in Mark chapter 4, verse 19, he said about this, this seed. He said, all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit, fruit is produced. So the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the other things. What are the other things? The other things that were holding back this growth that was causing the salt to lose its saltiness. The other things are uh, relationships that hold us back from getting closer to God. The other things are the pursuit of money, the pursuit of influence, popularity, getting on Facebook, getting everybody to know you and to like you. These are the things that can hold us back when we don't make it simply about Jesus. And here is something important to remember. Because we think that, you know, the idea of being salty means we have to do stuff. Hey, I have to be a good Christian. I have to show up at church. I have to give. I have to be a nice person when somebody's mean to me and turn the other cheek. And then you have this list of things that you feel like you have to do as a Christian to be good. And so we're doing, 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 doing. We feel like we can earn this saltiness or we can earn this fruitfulness in our life. But God does not hold us accountable for what we do. He only holds us accountable for the things that he has called us to do. Does that make sense? So Jesus had a short life, 33 years. And when he was 30 years old, to the age of 33, he had three years to do what he had to do. He did it quickly. He did the will of God efficiently. And he was the salt of the earth. Now, so we can lose our saltiness. It's simple. The second thing is, it's simple that becoming salt has a cost. Just like salt was expensive back in the day, it had a cost. It was worth valuable than gold. Just as valuable as gold. And there's a verse that I get at with this idea of cost. Because a lot of people will say, hey, Pastor Stephen, uh, I want to follow Jesus, but I, I don't want to pay the cost. I don't want to have to give up this. I don't want to have to give up that. And this is... Why? This verse is scary for them. It says this in Luke chapter 14, verses 26 to 36. It says, Jesus says, If you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. What? What does that mean? Hate everyone else by comparison. Does that mean we're supposed to go around as believers hating people? I hate you. You're going to hell. <laughs> is that what we're supposed to do? No. Well, there are some Christians going around doing that, but that's not what God's called us to do, Right? We're supposed to share the love of Jesus from within our heart and love on people so that they want to change, that they want what you have. But Jesus is saying, not hate everybody. He's saying, 
hate everyone by comparison, meaning put me above all else. I want to be above all other relationships. I want a relationship with you. And he gives specifics. He gives your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. So he mentions family. Does that mean we're supposed to hate family? No. Does some of you hate your family? Yes. But we're not called to. Jesus is just saying, hey, I want to be the priority over your family. Because really, all our entire family, our kids, our, our wives, our, our, our life, our jobs, our income, it's all Jesus's. It belongs to him anyway. And he just wants us to recognize where he belongs. Continuing on, he says, and if you don't carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. I'm going to pause right there. Jesus died on the cross. And he's saying, if you don't carry your cross, your own death instrument, basically saying my own life is worthless in comparison to following Jesus. That is what he's called us to do if we want to be salt. And, and for some of us, that's scary. And then so he warns us, he says, in verse 28, he says, but don't begin until you count the cost. You count the cost. Before you make a big decision, you've got to count the cost. And it gives that illustration here of the builder who went and built a house and then didn't estimate the cost of the whole house and wasn't able to fit, finish. And then he was a laughing stock of the city. And then he gave the illustration of men going to battle and then underestimating the amount of men it would take to defeat the enemy. And if they had estimated, then maybe they would have drawn up a peace treaty and avoided war. Jesus is saying, count the cost. Count the cost. And so where we pick up in verse for 33. So he says, you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Now, does that, wait, let's pause here. Pastor Steve, does that mean I have to go sell my house and give it to the church? No, that's not what Jesus, God's not calling you to sell your house and give it to the church. That's maybe a rare occasion that you might not do that. But he's just saying, you need to be holding everything so loosely. Everything you own, your car, your sense of security, everything, you, your very life, that fact that you could be breathing tomorrow, you have to hold it and say, God, I, I belong to you. It's yours anyway. You could take it in a moment. That's what counting the cost is. And becoming salt has a cost. But it has huge reward. Huge reward here in this life and to the life to come. Now, I want to tell you something about salvation. It's free. It's something that God gives to us without merit, without earning it. But once we have our salvation, if we want to cultivate a life that has flavor, it has a cost. Anything in this life worth having has a cost. A marriage, a good marriage, you have to work at it. You have to fight through it to have a good marriage. To have a successful business, you have to fight. You have to push through those first three years where most businesses fail. You have to be smart with your fight. You have to fight for it. It has a cost to be your own boss. I can go down the list. Everything worth having in this world has a cost. When I was in uh, this group called YWAM, it's a long story, 
I would have never imagined I would be in a group called YWAM, was basically Youth with a Mission. It's a Christian organization that sends people out and mission trips, and I was a part of it, and God used the lure of Hawaii and the great surf here to get me into that, even though I was not a believer, and I end up in a mission trip in China, and I'm like, how did I get here? And I'm all causing kind of all kinds of drama in China. I'm far from God. I have hate in my heart for myself, for everybody else around me. I was making my life about me. And you know why I didn't surrender? Because it had a cost. And the group, they, they sat me down kind of like an intervention and they said, Stephen, we don't believe you're a Christian. And I was acting the act. I was trying to walk the walk, talk the talk. But deep down, I was not a believer. And they called me on it. And they read me that verse uh, that says, Lord, Lord, didn't I do amazing things for you? And God was like saying to them, you know, I never knew you. Go away from me. They mentioned that verse to me. And I got so mad, I wanted to curse them out. I was getting ready just to lay on them. And guess what happened? You want to you hear some, something weird? I couldn't talk. I, I could not. I'm telling you, I couldn't talk. It, there's no explanation I have other than it felt like God went like this. Whoop, and took the word before it even could come out. And I got so mad because I wanted to curse them out. I wanted, to, I, I wanted so badly that... To tell them they were wrong, that I started crying because I was so frustrated I couldn't talk. I'm telling you the truth. It was the weirdest thing. And you know what? I couldn't talk for like 10 minutes, trying, trying, struggling. And then all of a sudden the light bulb went off in my heart, in my heart, in my mind. And I realized that they were telling the truth. And that God was doing that. Because he wanted me to realize that I hadn't counted the cost, and I hadn't become the salt of the earth, and that I was a phony, I was a hypocrite. And then once I could realize that in my mind, guess what? I was able to talk again. I was like, relieved. And you know what I said to them? I said, you're right. I'm a phony. I'm a hypocrite. I haven't given my heart to Jesus. Why? Why haven't you given my heart to Jesus? Because I'm counting the cost, and I understand the cost. My parents were bush pilots in, in Africa. They would fly doctors around and missionaries and, and sick people and medicines. And they, we were very poor growing up at the first part of our life because my parents had given a good amount of their, their time, their treasure, the talent to helping others and being selfless. And I looked at that and I said, I, I never want that. If I follow God, guess that? I'm going to end up in Africa with a, with a mud hut and I'm going to have no life and my life's going to be miserable and I'm going to have like all these really bad diseases and I'm going to have a really bad rash in Africa somewhere, okay? Uh, and and I, I don't want that life. And they were like, Stephen, they spoke two or three, said, Stephen, you don't understand. Yes, it has a cost. Following Jesus has a cost. But you don't understand, if you give your life to him, he will rock your world. He will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you the things that you don't even understand that you want so desperately. You don't even have an awareness of the gifts and passions. He will awaken in your life if you only say yes. And I was like, whoa, they're telling the truth. And, they were, and, and it was like a spiritual battle. You ever had an angel on one side and a devil on the other? How many of you had that experience? Okay? They're like, one's telling you to do this. The other one's telling you that. Okay. I was having a war going on over my soul. And Satan was talking to me and saying, don't you do it. You're going to have to give this up. You're going to have to give this. He was listing the things I'd have to give up. And finally, I just got this anger over me. 
because one of the people said, Stephen, there's a battle going on, and Satan's telling you to lie. Do you need to tell him off? And so I did. I cursed him out <laughs> right there. Devil, you, right? And you know, I had this burst of faith came over me. And I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to surrender. I gave my heart to Jesus. And he filled me up with his love, his peace. All that hate that I felt in my heart started dissipating. There was a saltiness that became there. I become the salt of the earth in one moment. And that's available for you as well. I talk to people. Why don't you give your heart to Jesus? Oh, pastor, I don't want to give up smoking weed. I'm like, you know what? How do you think you're going to stop smoking weed? You can do that on your own? No, get Jesus in you first. Don't let that be a stumbling block. Accept Jesus in your life first, and then he will do the change that needs to change in you. You don't have to be perfect and get your life in order in order to come through these doors. In that case, I wouldn't be able to walk through those front doors. There's nothing you can do to be perfect. And that's what leads us into our third and final point, which is powerful. It's simple. God is in the business of spicing up your life. He's in the business of adding flavor to your life. That's what God's in the business of doing. And he wants to do that for you. Because he wants to make you into a masterpiece. He's like the master chef who wants to make a beautiful steak. A beautiful masterpiece. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10, it says this. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. Some of us can uh, boast. So, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. So this first part of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, look, God saved you by his grace. That means that he's giving something to you. This is what grace means. He's giving something to you that you do not deserve. That's what this gift of salvation is. He says you cannot earn it. It's not by the things you do. You can't earn that saltiness. I give it to you. And it's full measure right off the bat. And it, what it does, it makes you into a masterpiece. It makes your marriage into a masterpiece. It makes your career and your purpose in life a masterpiece. It makes you full when you feel empty. And you become this beautiful, beautiful creature, not based on what's on the outside. Not enough makeup can make you beautiful. What makes you beautiful is the power of Jesus and his love that transforms your heart and your soul and makes you a new person. And how, why does he make us this masterpiece? Why does he make us into a new person? To do the things that he has predestined us to do. Meaning, he has a plan for you. He has things that he's called you to do. You're not just coming into this life to just procreate and, and live paycheck to paycheck and, and just exist. That's not what you're here for. God has you here for a reason, for a purpose. Again, the more you become like Jesus, the more you become that person who he created you to be. Now, what does that mean? There's two groups in here. There's people who have said yes, and God has made you salty. And then there's also people in here who have never had that flavor in your life. I want to address the first crowd. Do you believers, those of you who call yourselves Christ followers, I want to tell you this. God gave you the saltiness in its full measure, but has, by chance, your saltiness been diluted has it been contaminated by something that's making it bitter? Has it held you back? 
from being all you can be because maybe there's something in your life that's holding you back, that's weighing you down, that you need to let go of so that God can make you salty again. And for those of you who have never, never had the opportunity to have the God flavor in your life, I'm telling you, it'll rock your world. Romans chapter 10, verses 9, it says this, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's as simple as that. You have to say, I believe that Jesus existed. I believe that he died on the cross for me and he rose on the third day. I believe Jesus is Lord. And when you say that with your mouth out loud, I believe Jesus is Lord. What that means is that basically, Lord, it means that God is above all else in my life. He's above my finances. He's above my relationships. He's above everything, even my own life. God is Lord. Jesus is Lord. That's what that means. And that's all you got to do. You got to believe in your heart and profess it with your mouth, and you will be saved. Now, you will get a full measure of salt, but over time you can lose that saltiness. And, and you have to do the things after that. That will cost you to have a life that is a masterpiece. I'm, for both groups that I mentioned here today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, do, opportunity to do something about it. For those of you who maybe lost your saltiness, you're a Christ follower, and things can have gotten, gotten diluted, we're going to say a prayer and give you the opportunity for God to restore that, to get that right. Maybe there's some things in your life you need to let go of. Or maybe, Christians, maybe you have a problem with staying in the salt shaker. You're, you're hanging around other believers. And maybe today you're called to jump out of the salt shaker. You're called to be outside of the safe zone. Statistics say that when you become a believer, within 10 years, you lose all contact and relationships with lost people because you just start congregating with Christians. But God says, no, you're going to be salt of the earth to go out and add flavor to this world. That's what the church has been. Some of the first Christian institutions were started by the church because the church was the salt of the earth. Some of the first uh, hospitals, the first schools, the first orphanages were started because people were salt in the world. We cannot just barricade ourselves and hide ourselves and say, oh, let's, let's not be around lost people, ill. That's not what we're called to do called to go out. And, for the, and so we're going to pray about that. Maybe you need to take a step of faith. And for those of you who want to accept Jesus in your heart, we're going to do that right now. We're going to all bow our heads. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. So uh, let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing in and through the awakening. Father, we trust you. We love you. The awakening belongs to you. And we know that you have big things in store for us. But in order to do that, for those of us who call the awakening our church home, we need to be the salt of the earth. And so, Lord, if there are some things in our life that maybe have contaminated our lives or made us bitter or are holding us back from reaching our full potential, Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name that you would restore our saltiness. And if you're in here this morning and that's you and you're feeling, man, like I, I may have lost my saltiness in my life. Maybe I, I've got a hold of some bitter salt. Maybe there's some things that need to be cleaned up in my life. And you're a believer this morning. And without anybody looking around, eyes closed, heads bowed, if, if that's you this morning and you want prayer, would you be courageous? Would you, without anybody looking around, would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? God bless you. God bless you. Good. God bless you. Who else? Good. Good. God bless you.
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you've called us to greatness. You've called us to be your masterpieces. Forgive us of falling short. Restore us to our full salinity, to our full saltiness. Continue to pray this morning. If you are far from God and you've never given your heart to him and you want to experience the full flavor of life, spice of life, which is Jesus Christ. You simply say a prayer and it's a prayer that you just have a conversation with God just like you and I are having a conversation right now. And when you say this prayer, you just say the words from the bottom of your heart. You just make sure they're authentic. And, and so nobody left, feels left out. Let's, let's all say these words out loud together. You say these words. You say, Jesus I believe you died on the cross for me. And that you rose from the dead. And you conquered death. So that I could be free. Lord, forgive me of my sin. I believe, Jesus, that you are Lord. And I want you to be the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Wash me clean. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name. Continue to pray this morning. If that was you, if you said that prayer for the first time, or even you said that prayer to rededicate your life, get your life on track, with our eyes closed, our head bowed, would you be courageous with me? Would you raise your hand if you said that prayer so I could thank God for you? God bless you. God bless you. Good. Anybody else? Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing at the awakening. We thank you for the big things you have in store for us. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we lift you up. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Hey, we're going to do a couple worship songs. And I want to come back up and encourage you, all right? Let's, let's uh, worship together.